I'm Ken Benson, President and CEO of SIFMA. Welcome to the SIFMA Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode in SIFMA's podcast series. I'm Melissa McGregor, Managing Director and Associate General Counsel at SIFMA, and I'm here today to talk about the new white paper we wrote in collaboration with the Bortstein Legal Group entitled Navigating Regulatory Challenges in Cloud Infrastructure Services Agreements. I'm joined by Larry Bortstein, founder of Bortstein Legal Group, and Lou Trotta, Senior Counsel at BLG. Larry founded BLG in 2008 and previously worked at Lehman as Global Head of Technology and Law. Lou worked at Goldman Sachs for 17 years as Head of Technology and IP Law. Lou and Larry are also former members of the SIFMA Technology and Regulation Committee, which I have been a longtime staff advisor to. Welcome, Larry and Lou. To start off, Larry, could you speak about the cloud provider ecosystem and why FIs want to use cloud? Absolutely, Melissa. And again, thank you for inviting us to work with you to write this paper. And thank you for the invitation to speak today. So there are three main players in this ecosystem. The first, obviously, is the financial institution. Two is the cloud provider. And three are the regulators. I think it goes without saying, and to state the obvious, financial institutions want to be innovative users of technology. And it turns out that cloud service providers often help provide better client service, more scalability and computing power, and also potentially could help financial institutions save some money. Second are the providers, and there's really two main flavors. One are infrastructure as a service provider, and the second flavor are software as a service providers. Those are the two main flavors of cloud providers. Infrastructure as a service providers provide enormous computing power and innovation directly to financial institutions, and also importantly, indirectly to financial institutions as subcontractors to software as a service providers. It is worth noting, Melissa, that many FinTech firms that financial institutions rely on are SaaS providers. And then the third piece are the regulators. I know it goes without saying again, but their mission is to support the safety and soundness of the financial system, which of course extends to the financial institution's use of technology and third-party service providers. Great. Um, Larry, could you also walk us through the risks the regulations seek to mitigate with respect to vendors and what global regulators say about vendor management? Absolutely. So when I think about what the regulators are trying to manage against, there are three main pieces. One is concentration risk, which the paper tries to address. Two is operational certainty. And three is security. There are other components, but those are the big three. On the concentration risk, obviously, the regulators are looking at the entire ecosystem. And as the paper points out, right now, there are only a handful of infrastructure as a service providers that are supporting financial institutions either directly or indirectly through the use of software as a service providers. On the operational certainty side, again, very well known, but the regulators are focused on ensuring that financial institutions and their clients 
have access to data and also on the continuity of services. And then the third component, security, again, very well known, but regulators are focused on helping to ensure that uh, there is a, an effort to prevent unauthorized access to and use of financial institution data and systems, which includes uh, the personal data and material non-public information uh, that uh, financial institutions have access to. So those are the three main risks that the regulators are focused on. And they do that, uh, really, it's interesting. I, I have sadly reviewed most of the global regulations in this space, many, many dozens of them. And they all, they all sort of say the same thing in their attempts to manage this risk. One is they want to ensure that there's an overall vendor risk management program in place, again, very well understood. And then ensuring that each financial institution does a risk assessment, really understanding the use case. Is the use case a critical service? Is it an outsourcing? Is there personal data involved? Is, it, is there material non-public information involved? So understanding your use case. Once you understand your use case, you do not need to treat all vendors the same way. Once you do the risk assessment, Almost without fail, the re all of the regulations around the globe want financial institutions to do appropriate due diligence on the vendor and on the use case, put appropriate contracts in place, and then do uh, appropriate ongoing monitoring. So those are, the, those are the risks, and those are generally at a very high level what the regulations say. Now, Lou, this paper covers the contractual expectations from regulators for cloud services agreements. Why did SIFMA and BLG write about this specific point and who might benefit from reading the paper? Well, it, it's written primarily to help guide financial institutions in negotiating service agreements with cloud service providers. The financial institutions are trying to resolve the tension between their own preferred terms that conform with the regulatory requirements and guidance and the terms that cloud service providers are willing to accept. There's often a disconnect there. Um, but besides the financial institutions, the paper offers insights and suggestions that could benefit the cloud service providers themselves. They obviously have an interest in avoiding protracted service contract negotiations. Um, and then I guess lastly, I, as Larry mentioned, I expect the paper would be of interest to the regulators uh, in understanding how financial institutions and the cloud vendors are working through these issues and, and perhaps in considering what sort of guidance may be helpful going forward. So how would you describe the tensions and negotiations between cloud providers and financial institutions, especially regarding audit rights by financial institutions and subcontracting by cloud providers? Well, it's the usual tension in any negotiation between two parties, but it's certainly exacerbated when the regulatory uh, expectations are added to the mix. So the result is often a disconnect between what the financial institution feels is required and what the cloud services providers are willing to accommodate. You touched on the two best examples, that being subcontracting and audit. I mean, these are common provisions in any service contract, but the, the longstanding strategies for negotiating these provisions that parties have adopted over the years 
are now complicated by the overlay of these additional regulatory uh, expectations. So, for example, in subcontracting, the regulator the regulators sort of expect that the financial institution will diligence vendor subcontractors, um, th that we will actually not just only diligence the vendor, but the vendor's subcontractors. And this is in tension with the vendor's concern with the difficulties for managing an approval process across numerous financial institutions without creating sort of a veto power in any single financial institution, very practical concern by the vendors. And the same is true with respect to audit. The regulatory requirements, uh, you know, impose requirements for access to vendor facilities and systems. And this is in tension with the vendor's security and operational concerns and the difficulties of managing simultaneous audits across potentially numerous parties and the regulators. Um, so the, the tension comes about because the regulatory element sort of constrains the the financial institution's flexibility in negotiations, and and also because the vendors really have little incentive to waver from their past practices. Larry, um, infrastructure as service providers talk about a shared responsibility model. What does that mean? And what does that mean for financial institutions? Well, thanks for asking that question, Melissa. You know, in some ways, things have changed, but in some ways, things haven't changed all that much. In the old days, people like Lou and I would do traditional outsourcing agreements, and our contracts would very clearly lay out the roles and responsibilities as between the customer, financial institutions, and, and an outsourcing provider. So in the case of cloud providers, what's slightly different is that it is the job of the infrastructure as a service provider to provide the features, functionality, and tools to configure the infrastructure services directly to the financial institutions. And it is the responsibility of the financial institutions to do that configuration in a way that meets the regulatory obligations. In many cases, financial institutions are hiring managed service providers and professional service providers to do that configuration. And just like in the old days, it is important to know what the responsibilities of the financial institutions are, what the responsibility of the managed service providers are, and what the responsibility of the infrastructure providers are. Also, and with a slightly different focus, as I mentioned earlier, many infrastructure providers, infrastructure as a service providers, are acting as subcontractors to many of the software as a service providers that financial institutions are relying on. In that case, it is the responsibility of the financial institution to have appropriate oversight responsibility and controls in place to make sure that those SaaS providers, that the SaaS providers themselves are configuring the infrastructure services appropriately to make sure that the financial institutions are in compliance with applicable regulations. So just to kind of round that out, what's slightly different here is that a lot of the responsibility falls on the financial institutions or the other providers or uh, other providers that the financial institutions are engaging to help them. 
Finally, that thanks, Larry. Um, finally, Lou, on the topic of security breach notification, why is it so important for financial institutions to receive prompt notice and information, including on a provider's remediation efforts? Could you also address the tension between FIs and cloud providers? Sure. Um, uh, the first part of the question, I mean, financial institutions labor under a number of security breach reporting and notification requirements, particularly as they relate to customer data. So they have their own sort of compliance reporting and, and notification obligations that they have to be responsive to. And these requirements all apply to breaches regarding data that is processed or stored by the financial institutions, service providers, including uh, cloud vendors, and their subcontractors. Um, so uh, there are a lot of sort of levels of potential events and reporting that can happen here. The tension is largely around the, the timing and scope of the notice. Um, financial institutions, in part because of the regulatory pressures, but also in part because it's just good business practice, they want notice as soon as possible. So they'll often say in the contracts they want notice immediately of any suspected breach, along with sort of a wide range of details uh, that may help them figure out how to mitigate the situation and how to meet their regulatory reporting requirements. Um, you know, on the other hand, the vendors are concerned about, like on the timing issue, about having time to confirm that what you may call a suspected breach is actually sort of a non-event. So they, they want to fudge that language a little bit so that they have time to make a judgment uh, in that regard. And as with the subcontracting and audit issues, they are again concerned with the operational difficulties and the added security issues involved around notifying numerous financial institutions and regulators simultaneously and providing details that may expose their own security concerns. So that's the, that's the essential uh, point of tension there. Well, I think all of this uh, makes clear that these are incredibly complex issues and incredibly complex arrangements. So I would just like to say thank you so much to Larry and Lou for joining me today and for all of your hard work on our white paper. It was a pleasure chatting with you and always a pleasure working with you. To learn more about SIFMA and our work to promote effective and resilient capital markets, please visit us at SIFMA.org. Thank you.